What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Life of an Average Show podcast. Brandon Navera here. And yeah, that song's probably not the perfect song getting into this episode. As you can hear, it's still on because I love it. Getting into this episode with my special guest, but it is appropriate, and that's what we do. We're doing some SoCal style, and there's about one person in the world that'll understand that and why I played that, so shout out to SoCal. I know you're listening. Um, that being said, God, I love that song. Like I just, anyway, I could play that on repeat over and over and over again. It puts me in that mood, you know, like we don't want to talk about it, but anyway, I want to say thank you again, guys. I've been receiving a lot of emails, a lot of messages, comments over the last couple episodes, some great feedback, some great comments, Some people still think that I'm an awful person. Apparently, they don't understand my view when I was talking about music and Sam Smith and all that. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not going to go over it and over it again. I know who I am. I know what I meant by it. And that that is what it is, you know. Uh, Apparently, they there's somebody literally said all I care about is white men. I I thought Sam Smith was white, but, uh, and that if anybody's not a straight white man, then I don't support them. I got that email. I'm not even reading that email, but I got that email. It's crazy, man. It's crazy what people want to hear. Anyway, and if anybody knows me, they know that's not true. So, but hey, I'll take that email because that means you're listening to the show. But we are in 2023 and the show's evolved. Like the show has evolved. It's about my life, but I'm bringing more people into the circle, into the podcasting circle, I should say. Whether those are people that I've known for years, people that I admire, respect, people that are friends, whether that's somebody I've known for five minutes and I just really enjoy their podcast and think that they've got something and I want to talk to them because they're super interesting like my next guest. Like I just, I literally can't tell you enough or can't really stress enough. I don't, I don't know Jesse. Okay. I just met and I'm throwing up the air quotes for met Jesse in a matter of weeks. And we were already planning stuff because I've been checking out her podcast and she's been checking out trash talk and life of an average Joe kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, dude, this is a vibe. Let's roll, you know, and that's what we're doing. So Jesse Elson Peter, okay. Jesse Elson Peter, 
Say it real fast. I wonder if I'm going to screw that up. Jesse, Jesse, Elson, Peter. So you say it like, you, you know, some people, I'm pretty sure it's all, it's, it is one word, by the way. It's not like Jesse Elson hyphenated Peter or something like that. I'm going to ask her though, because I am notorious for butchering things and also second guessing myself and making them more complicated than they really are. So Jesse Elson Peter, Jesse Elson Peter, that's who she is. She's got a great podcast that I believe she's approaching, I could be wrong, maybe 80, 90 episodes, could be 100. I know she's on her second season and she just dropped one recently that is about the 90s. 90s kids, I believe it's called. Looking at the 90s, you know, what we did back in the day before all of social media and cell phones and all that. So it's a really fun episode. Definitely relatable for sure. Um, but she's got, an, she's got a great podcast called I Have a Talking Stick. And it's nice because... It's a lot like mine. And I don't mean it that way. It's very different, but it is similar. By similar, I mean, she puts herself out there. She's not afraid to sit there and talk about the things that are in her head or on her mind, the real stuff. She's not afraid to sit there and dive into the struggle she has and the challenges and the hurt that, and the healing process that she's going through. You know, with everything in her life, she's not afraid to sit there and speak her mind on topics that are important to her or that are just on her mind, whether that be about Rihanna and the halftime show, which I don't know why anybody would have an issue with that, but here we are, or talking about, you know, her field of work and what that means and sometimes just dealing with inappropriate men and stuff like that. So, It's been fun to listen to, and I started kind of bouncing around. I started like picking episodes, and now I'm just think I'm just going to start from scratch and go right from the very beginning and dive in from episode one till now. But I'm super excited to have her on. She's in Minnesota, so we've got a Minnesota and Texas thing. I imagine it's a lot colder there than it is in Texas, and it's early morning, by the way. I've been up since five. And she works overnight, so we're going to be in rear form. I only have a ton of energy because I have coffee already, and I'm making my second round before we start this interview. And I imagine she's probably got her coffee going too, but that's what we do. That's what podcasters do when you have two different schedules. So without further ado, by the way, guys, you can find her podcast everywhere on all of the social media platforms. You will uh, you can go to the life of an average Joe podcast.com and she's got her guest profile up with all of her stuff from Instagram to TikTok to Spotify, all of that. Of course her link tree's there and that's the best way to find out what she's doing, where her podcast is to find out what platform you'd like to listen it to or listen to and follow and share and all that. So I, I highly recommend you check it out. So I have the talking stick. Again, I will post these links everywhere. In the meantime, let's dive right into it because I'm sure she's waiting. She's tired of hearing me rambling and I haven't even begun to ramble yet. So let's welcome Jesse to the show. Welcome back to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Brandon Navarre here at an early morning recording. I shouldn't complain though. I really shouldn't. I mean, I did get up at five. That was my own choice. But I shouldn't complain because my guest who I have on has had a much harder night than I did. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I know you did. I already know mine. My night consisted watching of I watched Creed two, and I cleaned the bathroom. That that was my night last <laughs> night. So um, I I can't complain. I mean, I hung out with my son all day, and then he had to go to his mom's. I was off on a Friday night, which never happens. So I can't complain. I'm I, I did not do what you did, but I'm still tired regardless. <laughs> I actually, I didn't have to work last night, but I made the dumb decision to come off for night shifts and then stay up all of yesterday. Okay. And I went and did a bunch of stuff and then I tried to go to bed. I think I got a tight four hours and that's a success for me. See, this is why, like, and I get it. I've worked nights, I've worked nights before. So I understand that like in your head, you're like, I want to sleep but I also want to be a human being. So you have to like decide like, do I sleep or do I go and like enjoy the day or be productive? I get that. Cause I've done that. You it's know, the I... worst. And like physically you're stuck in like, I feel tired and nauseous and like, I need to go to sleep, but the sun is up and the world is moving. So I can't So you're just laying there in limbo. Like I feel miserable. <laughs> yeah, I need it's... sleep. I can't. So I just went out with, my friend and her kid all day long and did stuff and forced myself to get so tired that I had to fall asleep. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's this like phase of zombieism. And when the sun's out, it's even worse. Like if it's a cloudy day or winter time, Oh, then it's great. You're like, I'm, I'm tired. But if the sun is like, especially here in Texas, I was working overnights in the summer, not this past summer, like a couple years ago, like right when COVID first, like, decided to show itself. Um, and my son was like two. So I would go in after he'd go to bed and then I would, yeah. And then I'd get home at like six and I had that window of like an hour, maybe hour and a half (laughs) if I'm lucky. So I would try to go to bed and sometimes I would fall right asleep. No problem. But then I'm up an hour and a half and then I would just stay up until he napped. And that's when I would say, yeah, oh my God, it was brutal. No, you're living in the upside down. Like it's, it, yes, it, you can't explain it to people that have never done it. And, you know, anyone that's on night shift at work, we talk about it all the time. Like one of the guys I work with, he's got a young kid and he goes, it's so weird. Cause I get home, my kid's eating like breakfast, my wife's having coffee and I'm having like my post shift beer and it's 8 a.m. <laughs> right and 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 there's like, nothing wrong with that it's just this is me after a shift i can't help that it happens to be 8 a.m <laughs> well it's because 8 a.m is like the 5 p.m you yeah know what it's I mean? like this is when i have to do it and like obviously no body's meant to do that to do that flip so you just have to kind of find what works on a day-to-day basis of i'll sleep well if the weather's shit you know because i'm in minnesota so if it's like winter storm warning i'm getting sleep if it's nice out like god help everyone at work i'm going to be running on no sleep right it's going to be an ugly it's going to be an ugly situation yeah i'm going to be awake (laughs) well and that's the thing too like i I only did it for two years i'll be honest with you i did and then i had a better opportunity come up so i'm like well i'm moving to days i'm out you know i I want nights i i was like straight nights are bust that's how you keep me here Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I get that too. I think if I didn't have a kid and it was in a, I probably would have done better. It was, 
but I mean, and I'm not making that as an excuse. There's a ton of people out there that have kids. Yeah. That do it. I just was like, I hate this. I also hated the job. So that that's probably. Yeah. I, it that's probably... That. <laughs> I like nights because that's when trauma surgery happens. Not that trauma surgery is a good thing, but if it's going to happen inevitably, I'd prefer to be there. <laughs> that makes sense. I know you're like, yay, trauma surgery. <laughs> no. And I'm like, wait, no, that's horrible. But right, this you know, sucks. Gonna but anyway, so I want to be here. <laughs> so it, it makes for a crazy life. It makes for a lot of things that you have to do different. Uh, yeah. How did, how do you deal? Cause I just found out. I didn't know. I mean, I guess I do. <laughs> I, that, that you, you got a boyfriend. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's diving right into kind of what I just, I guess we're going to talk about. Yeah. How does that work out? I mean, as far as our schedules together. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, you, you look at it as obviously he doesn't do the same thing. No. Okay. So <laughs> which would make it worse, honestly. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, he's been there um, since I was in school to be a surgical tech. So he's kind of, watch the whole process unfold so he knows what the job is he gets what it entails and he's kind of my biggest motivator when I'm like oh, I don't want to do nights or this job is so hard is it you know is this really something I want to do he's already the one kind of hey you got this like you know you you love this shift you love what you see like get after it so it helps that he's pumped about it and then he's um he recently transitioned into sales he was a installer for home improvement company so he's installing windows patio doors and he was doing that for i believe four years and then he had hip surgery and kind of pivoted into sales as of the last month maybe so his work schedule is way different you know he wakes up he goes to his sales meetings for i think two three hours and then he might have a lead right here in Duluth and it'll take him, you know, three hours. He goes and does the pitch, might close a contract and he's done for the day, or he might have to drive two hours out and get there at five. So his schedule is kind of all over. And then I work four nights a week from 11 PM to 7 AM. So as far as like how it works with us, um, we both have weekends open. So nice. That's nice. That's huge. I mean, I have the occasional weekend, like they just scheduled me for his 30th birthday party that I had planned out of town. I'm like that's convenient. So I had to cancel that. Awesome. But normally we have weekends off together and then we just find like, you know, little windows at time when I get here in the morning and he's getting up, you know, we'll let the dogs out. We'll feed them. He asks me, you know, how'd the night go? I ask him, you know, how was gaming with the boys last night? We kind of catch up he has his breakfast and then we go our separate ways. And sometimes I don't see him till right before I go to my next shift. Cause I'm sleeping, he's at work and he doesn't want to, you know, he, he knows to not like disturb me if I'm sleeping <laughs> right? unless I specifically ask him to wake me. Otherwise he lets it ride. And we just have gotten used to, you know, not seeing each other doing too much for like that four day stint of, of time. And then, you know, like yesterday, perfect example, we carved out like an hour of time together where I was like, can we, we have like this card game that we play. I was like, can we do this for like an hour while I lay in bed until I get sleepy? And that's how we like spend some time together. And then he fucked off and did a thing and I went to sleep. <laughs> right. So you guys do these little round robin moments, you know, yeah. of, of like, and, and I guess that's really, if you look at it, it's really no different than what most 
quote unquote couples do or relationships. I mean, think about it. Like people that are married or whatever, they've got jobs, let's say, not even throwing the kid factor in there. Let's just throw the normalcy in there. You know, Mm -hmm. they got jobs. Wife goes off to work. Husband goes off to work. Boyfriend goes off, whatever. And you only have that time in the morning. Then you're at work. You come home, you unwind. You might have some time if you're coming home at the similar schedule. If you don't come home at the similar schedule, Mm -hmm. then you may not see one or the other till late or the next morning. So you're only fitting in those round robin moments, those those little moments, those times, that hour, that hour and a half, or if you're lucky, you can have a day off together. I mean, that's yeah. really what it, I, I really, I'm, I don't even know how relationships work anymore. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't mind it because it almost opens up more space for us because when he's at work and I have some time off, that's when I'm out with my friends and I'm catching up on errands and things. And the moments we do have are truly like, we are both free right now. Right. Or we make a, a day for that. And you know, the biggest adjustment I think for people would be like, you know, I don't come home and we don't sleep in the same bed and sleep together every night and have that routine, but it, we could, you know, we don't really give a shit because he's such an insomniac and he doesn't ever sleep in the same place. Like last night I fell asleep in our guest room. Then when we played that game a little later, we moved upstairs to our bedroom and I woke up this morning. He was gone. He's downstairs on the couch. Like we are constantly moving around, sleeping wherever we want, like kind of, you know, it's not very traditional the, the way that we do things anyway. <laughs> which, which is probably fine. Cause really, again, I say, what is traditional, you know? At this, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Laying in the same bed, leave it to beaver style. They didn't even lay in the same <laughs> bed, actually, I think. Yeah, did I they? Think, <laughs> I think they had like a separate, I think on the show, they had like a separate bed. I swear to God. Maybe separate that was, beds I, or separate rooms. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, you know, so. But I remember back when I was, not that it was like years and years ago, but when I was married, I was like, I worked in the bars and the nightclubs. And that's pretty much all I've done all my life, you know, mm-hmm. up, up until COVID hit. Um, that is a interesting element on its own, but trying to have some normalcy when, again, you know, your nights are, your day starts at four o'clock, your day starts at three o'clock and it might end at 4am, you know, coming home, trying to have that relationship, that marriage. And then you, you get up early with the kids and that was difficult. I didn't do that either. I was a night guy. So while she went to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, 1030, I'm getting home at, if I'm lucky three and I'm like, you know what? I'm up. Let's hang out. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to watch a movie or have my beer or, you know. And and I can't speak to the kid piece, but I think that I don't know if people get lost in the traditional sense of, like the nine to fives and you have the kids white picket fence like this is how the day is supposed to look but and I just I think I'd be not bored of that but kind of (laughs) I just think life and relationships are more fun when it's like I'm existing and you're existing and then for certain moments of time we're like existing together and then we can you know like having those small moments of like hey you caught me when I'm having my morning beer and I'm watching my favorite show and you're going to join me. Awesome. We got an hour together with the dogs or 
we find a little time later when we both happen to have the energy and it's like, you don't have a sales call. I don't have to go to work tonight. Let's go quick, grab happy hour and some apps. Like that's more my style. I, I can't do the pressure of like, you need to work and then come home and then we're going to have family dinner and then you need to play with the kids. And like that kind of day to day, like terrifies me. <laughs> well, and I also think too, when you said like, you know, the, the white picket fence and all that, I, okay, who's even doing that anymore? Let's yeah. like, let's be real. <laughs> like, like seriously, like most, I mean, first off, we, we know it's like what 51% of marriages now fail. So there you go. Um, and then I don't know about relationships, how many of those fail. I don't think they keep track. No. Um, but if you look at the white picket fence thing, that's not even happening. It's not even like nobody has a nine to five, like unless you are legitimately a legitimate, like the bank is open nine to five <laughs> yeah. and you go home and all you do is you're a teller. Nobody has that because either work demands that you answer a stupid email or a text or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and then if you are in a relationship, chances are the person you're in a relationship with nine times out of 10 doesn't have a nine to five. Exactly. Uh, if you do have kids, you definitely, your nine to five doesn't exist. You know, because if they're in school and they got extracurriculars, like, you know, so I think that idea of like 40, 50 years ago, maybe the white picket fence thing, I think that like died. <laughs> it just <often> died. <laughs> it died. I don't know. I'm also kind of negative. Like, so am I. I'm very like dark humor, cynical, but I just, I don't know. Relationships don't look the same anymore either, you know? No. They don't. It's not like you find someone, you know, you're a boy, you find a girl, you're young, you get married and you do the damn thing. It's, I mean, there's so many other factors in it now. And like you have, you know, people that don't believe in marriage. You have people that are polyamorous. You have, you know, people that don't want children. Like right. that's the like unheard of things where it's like, what you just want to be childless? Like, why? Isn't that the whole point? People are like, nah, like I want to go to Greece. <laughs> right. No, I want to have a bank account that has money in it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I like sleep. <laughs> right. I like, I like not getting up at 6 a.m. on Christmas. You know, that's yeah. my thing. Well, the pressure. And so you have how many kids? So uh, I have a son. He's five. Um, okay. Yeah. He's, he's epic. Um, I mean, <laughs> he is. No, he's honestly, he has. And I know a lot of parents say that about their kids. Look, I can say that my kid sucks sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, bro, this is like, this is a crappy day and I'm not a fan, you know? Yep. But I mean, I admit, I mean, I think any parent who doesn't say that is not, is lying to you. Um, yeah. But yeah, he really is like my ride or die buddy. Like my little dude, like. That's so cool. He really is. We hang out and it's probably because I don't hang out with many people. I, I don't like many people. So yeah, there's probably that, but, um, yeah, he's, so he's five, he's in school. Um, and yeah, that's just what we do. We hang out, you know, like we do stuff and it's exhausting sometimes. Um, there are some days definitely, I do not want to do it. I mean, I'm going to, yeah. not that I don't want to be a dad. It's just some days I don't want to do the energy level that it's going to take. To oh, I get, get it. A five-year-old that's full of light and life and is like, there's no bad in the world and let's go dad. And you're like, Oh my God. 
Right. You like dad needs the couch and to like zone out to some pointless television and right. And then his version of pointless television is not mine. You know, like now luckily he's way into music like I am. So we'll sit there and we'll put a concert on, you know, I'll find a concert. The other day we just watched, um, they put the, uh, the weekend just came out with a concert on HBO max. So I'm like, let's watch it. Boom. And we amazing. Yeah. So he's into it, you know, and, or he's really into dancing, like hip hop and all that. So we'll watch videos, you know, trying to get him how to, you know, learn how this, it's, it's just, that's what he's that's into. Awesome. Yeah. So it's cool. But then all of a sudden Bluey comes on or something, uh-huh. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, so I think about that and I think about relationships and I'm not in one. I'm, I'm not, I'm not dating. I'm, I'm nothing. You're in a relationship with yourself and that's okay. And I feel like I've been that way for a long time. Maybe even when I was married, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But like, I think about it sometimes when I talk to people, I'm talking to you right now, or I talk to my friends that are married or dating or whatever they're doing. And I'm like, I don't think I could fit that in. Yeah. I just don't. And I think it wouldn't be fair to somebody. Yeah, but that's so good of you to be that self-aware, to be like, I know relationships take work. You're not naive enough to be like, oh my gosh, when you find the right person, everything clicks and it's fine. Because I feel that way for Sam. I feel like that's the person I'm destined to be with, but I have never put so much work in myself to better a relationship than I have now. Like it takes considerable effort, not like oh, we're fighting every day, like the toxic end of things, but like, hey, why do I react this way? Or um, how, you know, what's your love language? Like I I do things around the house and I think that's how you're going to receive love, but your idea is quality time. Like it takes all this effort and energy. And I think so many people think, well, I'll just stumble into one and then the honeymoon phase will last forever and it's Gucci. And then when someone doesn't do the dishes for the hundredth time, well, plates are flying and they're like, what the fuck's wrong right now? Like, well, you have to like work at it. You have to have the time. And it's like discipline almost. You can't just like wing it. <laughs> That's not how it works if you're going to be with another human being. Well, I think the ability for people to pull the plug on anything in life that doesn't agree with them is so high. Like you don't like a job. People just quit. They don't even give it a chance. They just dip. You it, know? Yeah. They, I mean, I've done it when I was younger, I would just be like, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and I just wouldn't go anymore. (laughs) Like I am tired of this. (laughs) I get it. I see it. I mean, uh, and well, they, they, and they apply that, they apply that to friendships. They apply that to relationships, which is wild to me. I mean, (laughs) it happens like, so I've been, and I'm probably mental, but I've been struggling lately. And again, it's a time thing. And I think that's also an excuse, but we'll just throw it in there. Um, as you get older, it's not even older, but I'll just say it from my example. As you get older, obviously your circle becomes like, two be- yes. And it's not even a circle anymore. It looks like a C, you know, um, <laughs> right. If you're lucky, you know, and I'm okay with that. I went from, you know, it's like, I know a ton of people and I see a ton of people. Yep. Who, would, I, would I consider them my friends? No, yep. not at all. So I you get that. Yeah, you get down to your friendship level and you're like, I got a couple. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. I don't need a lot of friends. No, I literally have two. 
I, yeah, that I, I deem friend. Like exactly. That I, that I ride with. <laughs> that you'd be like, hey, we, we are actually going to have interaction yeah. beyond, beyond, you know, social yeah. media crap. You know? I'll go through the trenches with you. Right. <laughs> like I know some, I know some stuff and you know some stuff and we're good, you know? <laughs> yep. And that's how I look at it. I got a couple friends like that. Um, but I'm, I'm almost to the point now and I kind of, I don't know. I have a hard time even getting up enough energy to even connect with them now. Yep. And I don't know what it is. Like I, I like literally the other day I was baffled. I was mad because, because I hate it. I hate when people just dip and I've had friends over the years recently that I've known for a long time that we did, we were in the trenches. We were like, okay, let's go. You know, I mean, they were there for me and they just dipped. They're just gone. Yeah. No explanation. Ghost protocol gone. And I'm like, well, what the they hell? Did, people like that do me a favor. Cause I'm like, you just took out the dirty work of me discovering if you are fit to be in my like village in my circle. Like, Oh, you're if not me existing you're not isn't wrong. enough for you to stick around. Like, boom. I mean, that doesn't make it hurt any less. And you're kind of like the fuck. Like I would never, I would never do that to someone. If I you know I've, I have that people pleaser in me and I want, and I'm an empath where I'm like, Oh, I want to like help and be there. And I usually let someone else step away, you know, before I ever would in a friendship. But I don't know. I think you're right because I've had the same thing happen to me as, as time goes on and I get older. People are just, I don't want to say petty, but it's almost like, well, you don't ask about me enough or you don't come around enough. So, like, I just won't invite you to my wedding and, like, we won't talk anymore. Right. Like, We're just, well, that's it goes both it. ways. I don't see you coming to Duluth. I don't see you picking up the phone and calling me. Like, just because I don't have like kids or similar things going on, like, doesn't mean I don't need to be checked in with, you know? <laughs> right. <on> me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, what happened? Like, I'm still the same person that we, that you used to check in on. So, mm-hmm. it, this particular one really got me. So, he's married, kids, mm-hmm. younger than mine, but we had been together like, for i mean like as buddies forever like he like i knew his family you know like he was at my wedding like what the heck you know went was there with me when i was going through my divorce like there like bro i'm there and then it seemed like once the divorce was over that was it he's like oh i did my duty and see you later you know (laughs) it's so weird so i i was thinking about this the other day because i've been having a hard time reaching out to people lately and i'm normally that guy who's texting hey how you doing what's up mm-hmm. you know just checking in and i've been having yeah. I've, I've been like slacking i don't even want to do it i don't even, i literally don't even want to do it to people that i care about it yeah. sounds awful but you ever go through those phases where you're just like you know what i'm gonna i love my people yeah but i'm gonna go inside now and i'll well, see well oh yeah that's a that's a big question for me personally, just because, I mean, I, I have, uh, like major depression, so that plays a role in it. Um, okay. I also, I'm no contact with a lot of my family. Okay. So that is a part of my life that used to take up all that energy where it was a constant, how you doing, how are things going out of my way, driving down to the cities all the time, like that piece is removed. So I really have my village, I mean, is 
uh, a couple of girls, you know, Sam, his family, and like one of my cousins. It's a very small circle. And even then, um, just with going no contact with my family, the depression, all these things combined, like the energy I have to spend on other people is so small now because I spend so much time working on myself and in therapy and working through things. So it's like, I don't have the same people pleasing tendencies to the degree I used to. And I don't feel that urge to constantly be like, I have to earn people's, you know, I need them, you know, I have to work to have them in my life. Or if I don't check in with them, they're going to leave. And then how's that going to make them feel me feel like I would completely spin out. I've worked so far away from that now where I'm like, if I'm going through it one week and the closest people to me know it, they see it. If I'm really going through it, I'm not going to reach out and I'm going to flake. Like, you know, my two closest friends now, they know if you're going to make plans with me earlier in the week, Hey Jess, you know, when you're off your work stretch, let's get brunch on Friday. And I'm going through an episode of like depression. I 100% am going to flake. And they know now that either plan on me flaking and just show up at my house to hang out or call me like an hour before you want to hang out and just go, Hey, want to do something? Cause then I'll say, yes, it has to be like in the moment, no pressure. And they almost have to kind of drag me out. <laughs> and I mean, it's affected all my other friendships pretty poorly because they're like, what the hell? Like you've always been the type to show up, give up everything, drop everything. And now you're just, chilling in Duluth with your boyfriend and I never see you or hear from you and it's like I'm just kind of tired of always being that person so for me it's not like oh I go through it here and there it's like this is who I am and now that I've shown that to people naturally the majority of my friends have fallen away as has my family because I've set that like boundary of like I don't need to do this for everyone like you should know that you can call me whenever and I'll be there. But if I have to prove it to you every day, or if I have to like apologize for my depression or for just not wanting to go somewhere, <laughs> then I can't like entertain that friendship. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you. That's interesting too, because it's funny how people are used to a way you act. So they're used to you, whether that be calling, texting, or just, oh, there's a birthday or there's a wedding or whatever, and yeah. an event. And you're there because that's who you are. The minute that you step away, nobody ever said, I don't want to say nobody, but the vast majority of the people never say, hey, wait a minute, why didn't she, why didn't she call us? Why didn't she text us? They just go, mm -hmm. oh, oh, well, whatever. Instead of reaching back out, they sit there and go, well, I can't believe she did that. Right. I can't believe she didn't call or come or that's someone like her. Yeah. What, she's always I, the one that's here. It's it it's interesting. And in a way, like you said, it does kind of unload some baggage and it does clean house a little bit. And I'm all about cleaning house. <laughs> I'm all about like, okay, we're good. Bye. We're yeah. we don't need, you know, I, I don't hate you. Yeah, it's not, not that deep. Just bye. <laughs> right. I'm not going to talk bad about you. I just don't want to have dinner with you. That's yeah. all. I don't want that you at precious my table. time and energy is not going to be spent on dinner with you. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. And that's okay. And, and sometimes you need that, you know, but I think it's still, no matter what the age, no matter how, how much we understand it or how 
we move on from it, I still think it, it comes back and bites us. Or it hurts us sometimes. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a better word because I'm looking at friends now and I'm like, dude, you don't even reach out. If I didn't reach out to you ever and I play this game and it's a dangerous game, I'm not going to text you for, for X amount of days or whatever. I want to see what happens. Yep. Been there. And all, yeah. And ultimately you already know the results. Oh yeah. And you're like, well, why did I play that game? That sucks. You yeah. know? And they typically and, have, you know, some drawn on reasons for it, but I'm like, I just think we're different. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And now I've been bad lately. I will tell you, I got a friend. Um, she's, she's cool. Really cool person. She's got a new job. She went through a divorce, whatever. And I got to be honest with you lately. I have been an awful friend. I've not checked in on her very much. Um, I did explain why. And it's just, it's no different than what I'm saying now, but I feel bad because I'm like, I know that this particular friend needs some people to be there, but I'm also like, I, I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm just not there right now. Like I'm here for you. You call me, you text me, you message me and say, Hey dude, I got to talk. I'm there. I got you. Yeah. But I'm not going to be reaching out anymore because I'm just in a different zone right now. Like yeah. I'll re- I'll get back to you. I promise but I can't just be checking on you every day. And I kind of feel bad and I'm not sure if this person's understanding that, but I'm like, I don't have the energy. Yeah. I just but don't you have to. I mean, you have to protect your energy too. That's something like, this is also foreign to me. I, I just started learning this in the last couple of years because I would empty my cup every yeah. single day for everyone else. And then be like, okay, now when I just need a minute or like, guys, I, I, I got to step away from the usual or I just need to kind of do my own thing. And it would kind of set off this chain reaction because everyone else is so accustomed to being tied to me to be that for them, like to check in every day to like lift them up. And I think that's good in a sense, but it was almost unhealthy because I thought like I had this like savior complex and they became dependent on it. So instead of whatever she's going through your friend instead of having, and I don't know her situation, but like multiple channels to kind of, you know, whether she's in therapy, has other friends, has self care, like spent carves out time for herself and what she needs to do. If, if it becomes a hyper fixation, I'm like, well, I feel better when this person is, is checking on me and there for me and talking to me. And if they need time away, like, do you realize what that's going to do to me? And it's like, well, then you need to then turn to yourself and be like, why is that affecting me so much? Like, it's awesome when he is there for me, but when he's not, like, you need to find a way to still breathe and, like, live your life. And I think that's a struggle for I think, a lot of people that I can think of right now where that's just like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're 100% correct. I think you said it. You have to, at that point, turn inside and go, okay. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to be self-sufficient? And not just that, healthy, mentally, yeah. emotionally. And I think really a lot more people, it seems more nowadays, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just paying attention to it more. It seems more nowadays people struggle with that. And whether that's because we have social media that everybody's obsessed with. So they're just constantly feel like they're connecting with people through social media. And in reality, they're not. Um, 
and they're constantly have something distracting them that they never look inside. They're, they're just, so they never know. So when that one friend or two friends aren't around, they're distracting themselves with something that isn't filling their cup. There isn't doing anything and they can never heal themselves. And I feel like, I feel like right now with friendships, relationships, all that, it's like, there's a lot of people out there that are just struggling mentally yeah. over this stuff. They, it's like they forgot how to connect, you know? To actually connect or, I mean, I honestly, I don't know how much you know about love languages in an actual, like, you know, intimate relationship, but I think there's, personally, I think there's love languages in friendships too. I believe where, that. I, I, I believe that actually. Yeah, because I think about it and it's like, someone might think texting me and going, Hey, like everything good is like how I'm going to receive love from them. When really it's like, you don't have to ever text me at all. I just want like the occasional like coffee meetup or like grabbing a beer and like that quality time. So yes, being aware enough to, you know, and communicating that, you know, my sister and I perfect example, my younger sister and I, we actually communicate, not me and my older sister, but We've had that talk where we're like, we're both exhausted at the idea of constantly checking in. We live three hours away from each other. She's got kids. Like our schedules are opposite. She's nine to five. I'm overnights. And sometimes it's too much for us to, to truly check in because we come from the same trauma. So our like love language with each other is we'll send each other randomly Spotify songs to add to our healing playlist, we'll say nothing. We'll just send it to each other or we'll send each other TikTok videos that have relevance to like our upbringing. And again, we don't say a word. We just send it to each other. And it's like, you either watch it or you don't, or you listen to it or you delete it. But that's like our language with each other. And I consider her one of the closest people to me in my life. And I can't remember the last time I heard her voice. Wow. See, but that's got to be enough for some people. Like, that is. And also that language. And also, though, you're you're you. There are thoughts behind it. You're not sending just some stupid meme. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a buddy that all he sends me is memes. And I'm like, bro, I'm about to, like, just block you because I'm, <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're spamming my phone right now. And I, I, I the occasional meme will be funny, but I swear to God, it's like. <laughs> four or five a day and i'm like what do you do what do you (laughs) what is happening over there you feel like you have your own personal feed that you're scrolling through like handcrafted for you (laughs) exactly and it's not even a note attached like hey i like hey this this is hilarious check this out or hey this reminds me of so-and-so it's just a meme no context this here you go and i'm like i'm yeah i need a pop-up blocker on my phone bro like <laughs> except all cookies no <laughs> right i'm like you have exceeded your texting for the day <laughs> all the time nothing doesn't even call me but anyway um but at least like with yours like there's a connection there there's meaning there you send a song music is a language by itself you mm-hmm. know so I do think that with friendships and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Not everybody's the same. And and to some people, if they are sending you a text, um, not all, but there are the occasional that is important to them. Like, it's not just like, Oh, let me go through my ritual of 
texting 10 people mm-hmm. and checking my emails. No, like they send a text and it might be a, an, a, a text that has meaning or it may be a, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Talk to you later. And yeah. that's, that's important for them. And it's important for us to understand that, but I'm with you. I would much rather have somebody say, dude, Thursday, are you available anytime? You know, and yeah. me go, yeah, I've got two hours in the morning. Cool. Let's go grab a cup of coffee and, and catch yeah. up. And I'm, if you flake on the coffee, I'm cool with that turning into let's just sit in the same room and chill. Absolutely. Let's just do something like, hey, let's sit on your front porch. Let's go to yeah. the patio or just come inside and you can, you know, you can be in your jammies. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Like that is important to me. I, I I would much rather have a face-to-face than somebody. I, For somebody that likes and I'm always on some sort of aspect of social media. And mm-hmm. I hate all of it. So do I. <laughs> I mean, I got it's... rid of all of it that doesn't pertain to my podcast. Right. And it's interesting um, because I think I've added more, but I, I hate it. I, I really do hate it. I do have fun with certain things, but I overall, I'm not one of these people that's like, I got to respond to this. I got to tech. No. Unless it's the show. Like, like you said, yeah. um, but overall, I would much rather have somebody face to face. Yeah. I don't want to text. I really but it's don't. It's got to be someone that genuinely I can exist with face to face, whether I'm on one side of the, you know, line or the other. Like I've got to be wherever I am mentally and yes. be like, this is a person that unapologetically, she could be in the best mood of her life. I could be in the worst. And we can still be like, okay. Let's meet in the middle and this is what we're going to do today and have that understanding. I can't handle the pressure of people that hang out because one, they feel obligated and two, it's like this image thing. Like if I go out and someone has their phone out the entire time and is trying to like capture every single moment and they're like live feeding it to their stories and, you know, it becomes like a, a social game that stresses me out so much and I feel like I'm talking to like a sim. Well, and that's what most like, people have become. Honestly, they're, they're, that's what most people have become. They become those sims. so anxious. I need to like exist and just, like you said, sitting on a front porch. Those are some of the best times you can have is just sitting on a front porch. I, I love it. I am a, I love it porch, patio, whatever. I, that is what I, I sit on the front porch by myself. You know, I I go out there and where I live, it's a pretty, it's a pretty busy area overall. Um, Except for like all of a sudden, anytime after like midnight, unless it's a weekend, it's like dead. And I love it. So (laughs) I could be out there at midnight. My son's asleep. I can't sleep. So I go out on the front porch or the back back porch although lately i've been having like visitors like raccoons just want to come hang out with me and Mm -hmm. like possum was staring at me the other day and i'm like no i don't want to deal with you right now so i've been i sat on the front porch and it's just peaceful and relaxing and mellow and i love it you know so being able to do that i used to get together with a a couple guys once a month it was like a ritual like we knew it was going to happen and it was great. We we drink beers or whiskey or whatever, and really mm-hmm. put music on and just talk about everything. 
and it was so nice. And I love that, but I don't want to go have to psych myself up to go yep. to an event. I don't want to psych myself up to go have coffee with somebody. Coffee should be relaxing, not stressful. That's exactly what it is. Like the hyping yourself where, and I, maybe that's why I'm such a flake. But if you're sitting on your porch, let's say you and I were close friends and you're sitting on your porch, you have no idea what I'm up to and you throw on music and you're having a beer. And in that moment you go, oh man, it'd be so sweet if, you know, Jess had some free time tonight. Like I would love to bullshit with her. And then you pick up the phone and call me and go, what do you got going on right now? Yes. I'm thinking about you would love if you came and joined me on the porch. And I'm just laying at home going, honestly, I'm kind of like gassed, but hell yeah, I'll come like fucking lay on lay on the porch and and have a couple and then that naturally turns like into a good night whether it goes up from there and you go out or if you just sit on that porch it's like that to me is like a genuine friendship or relationship with someone if someone wants to plan something no knock on that like hey let's go to the brewery this weekend sure i'm going to have a stomach ache i'm going to need to counter it with something i'm gonna have to hype myself up I'm going to have to get Sam. I'm going to enlist Sam to hype me up or get him to come with me. Like the pressure of that and feeling like I have an expectation to meet with the social setting and gathering. I like implode. <laughs> no, I, I get it too. I get it. And I think, I think for me, I think my social, and I, I guess everybody would consider me a social person, but I'm like, you guys don't know, like, I have to be social for work. So I am. But when I leave work, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I go inside, I, I chill, I'm hiding, you know, like, I don't want to deal with that. And you're exhausted. And, and when somebody's like, hey, we're going to go do this, like you said, the brewery, I was just at a brewery uh, last week, I was at, mm -hmm. and one of my favorites, love the guys there, got invited out for one of their big festivals. And I, I went after work. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because I bail on everything and I <laughs> suck. So I'm going to do this. And it was really nice of them to invite me because it was a mm -hmm. big event. So threw my hoodie on, threw my beanie on, got in the zone, drove out there solo, um, got to the event and it was packed. It was great music, great beer. Like it was good food, really cool experience. And I did have fun, but within 20 minutes, and I know some of the guys are probably going to listen to this and be like, wow, Brandon, what a dick. Um, <laughs> Last and, invite ever. <laughs> right. In 20 minutes, I was like, I want to go home. Like, because I felt like, and it was cool. I, I said hi to everybody, but it turned into Brandon's got to put his work face on again, because now yeah. you've got this rep there, this vendor there, this guy. And I'm like, Ah, oh, this is not, I, I just want to sit in a corner, listen to this guy covering David Bowie, drink my beer. And I just yeah. want to, so I ended up Irish goodbying. I ended up like, oh, yeah. dude, I did. I mean, nothing. Like once I saw my opening, I was like, and I'm out. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of a Minnesota goodbye, but no. it's fucking brutal. It's... If, is it worse than an Irish goodbye? Cause I love those. So Minnesota goodbyes are completely the opposite and it's uh -oh. my actual nightmare. It's what I've grown up on. You basically 
start the car to let it warm up and your parents go start in the car, start saying your goodbyes. You're not getting in that car for an hour because okay, yeah. oh, let's do one more hand of 500. Let's one more round of goodbyes. Oh, we'll throw the ball around one more time. And then you have to say goodbye to everyone. Hug everyone. Great casserole, great side dishes, great food. You know what? Let's do another round of cards. Just one more. It's so brutal. Okay. It so takes forever. So at my age, as a full-blown adult, I will Irish goodbye every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> so that Minnesota goodbye basically sounds like an Italian goodbye, which is what I'm used to. Oh, God, so, help us all. <laughs> we, uh, so I grew up in Detroit. I mean, not as cold as Minnesota, but cold, um, you know, I'll say. Because what are you guys? What, you guys cold right now or no? It's not been that. It hasn't been that bad this winter. I think today's like 25, which is, you know, T-shirt weather right now. Yeah. Okay. So my parents are getting, I think they're getting like five inches of snow right now. Um, but here in Texas, it's like 65. So oh, I did. Well, it was 85 a week ago. <laughs> Gross. No, it's, uh, tell me about it. I've been here 12 years and I still hate it. Like I hate the heat. Oh, I God. hate the heat too. Now our winter, oh, don't, don't even get me started. It's a joke, right? We literally had like four days of winter where they shut the city down. <laughs> I went to work because I'm not a moron, um, <laughs> but they shut the city down and I live a half mile from my job, but it's crazy in Texas. Seriously. Like, I mean, we did just have a tornado two days ago, but um, it's, it's literally, we have three seasons, hot tornadoes and whatever's in between. That's it. Yeah. I don't even know. So anyway, I, um, growing up in Detroit, you know, cold, whatever, start the car is a thing. And then the goodbyes at my grandma and papa's house. Mm -hmm. It is a line of and, and god forbid if it's a wedding goodbye holy oh crap. my god oh it's giving me ptsd <laughs> it's the same thing flashbacks <laughs> they start talking and they're shaking hands and hugging and kissing and, and it's so loud it's like buzzing it, oh, my whole body's loud. like buzzing it's so loud and then it's like let me add you let me give you some more food to go and I, that part's okay but yeah put it in the tub where i'll take it i'll I'm take fine. it I'm fine. And, and some of the people I absolutely want to say goodbye to because I'm not going to see them for a long time. That's cool. Yeah. But I just said goodbye to you and you know, I'm going to see you next week. Like <laughs> it's okay. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. So I can't, I'm with you on the Irish goodbye. I Irish goodbye at work all the time. Yeah. Even if I'm like at the brewery, you said, even if I'm having a good time, cause I was the same way we went to, um, blanking on the name. It's in superior. Oh my gosh. It's a brewery, but there was, um, Charlie Puth, I want to say, was playing. And I just oh, sat nice. there sipping my beer. I'm close with a lot of my coworkers, just naturally. And I just kind of sat there with my dog quietly. And by the end of the night, I had enjoyed sitting there and just living for a couple hours that I actually asked everyone if they wanted to go to the corner bar down the road and like okay. continue the night. Because then it's it's different. Um, but when my tank is empty, like you said, and you just want to dip, I'll dip. And I don't know if you get the same like pressure from people because I think I'm I'm extroverted when I need to turn it on, but I'm naturally an introvert at heart. But people will come back with, but you do a podcast. Oh, my God. But what do you mean you're introvert, but you do a podcast? I'm like, what? That's a, uh, I, I, that's a totally, don't get me started. 
that's a totally different that's just a different vibe i can't even i somebody said that to me too about you know well you like talking brandon well okay just because i like it doesn't mean i want to do it right now you know like (laughs) like perform monkey go right you know and they're like yeah but i see you at work you just talk all the time that's my job they pay me well so I have to pay bills. <laughs> so yeah. I talk. And they're like, but you do a podcast. You're actually on two podcasts. And then you, I was a guest recently on another one. And I'm like, that's different. They're like, you love it, Brandon, right? You love it. You right. Back off? No. <laughs> I don't. I know. And that's why I can relate. And not that this, I am putting myself or you in this category, but on a simplistic level, that's why I can relate with some of those Hollywood actors I know I don't have people that want to even see me when I walk out my door. So no, I'm not that. But like you look at guys like Denzel Washington, who very private. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to go do my job and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. You know, I get that. Unlike the other guy, other celebrities and most of them are like, look at me, look at yeah. me, you know, they want to be the headline. Right. I, I don't want to move. Exactly. I mean, just because you do a podcast doesn't mean you want to talk 24-7. No, and, like, I get that from people because when I was a kid, I was kind of a spaz. And it's hard to relate the two. Like, I'm a, you know, I've just changed so much in the last couple years. Sure. So people that knew me pre that, um, you know, they're like, you were always, you know, the funny kid or this really spastic and really, I was kind of, you know, an ADHD bouncing off the walls kind of kid. And that carried on through most of my college years, you know, I, I was just a very social person and I've slid so far the other way now where I'm like, I'm still social. I can conduct my, like, we're just having, you know, this interaction with each other for the first time, like really speaking to each other and I can hold my own. I can make a connection. I can converse with people. That's not the issue. It's just, I, if I'm going to be extroverted, it, it needs to be because of like a genuine connection or interaction. Like if I'm going to talk with certain people and I'm extroverted, it's because I I enjoy that we're picking each other's brains or we're having some like deep conversation. But then once that moment's done or I'm feeling like, and I'm, I'm tired of this now or my brain needs to shut off. I revert back to being an introvert and it looks like, well, what's her problem? She totally shut down. It's like I come out of my shell when I, feel compelled to but like I go right back in it like I'm not on a hundred percent of the time and I don't know how anyone can be I can't no I can't I try it is like no I just like leave me alone (laughs) I think I was for I think I was on for years I'll be honest with you I think I was on for years I don't think I ever turned off yes exactly and then that was the problem yep and I think now, at least over the last couple of years, I've been like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. I'm emotionally, mentally, physically exhausted. We are I, paralleled in that sense then. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just, I will turn it on. Absolutely. When I have to, like you said, um, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I should have to turn it on with the people that I genuinely have a connection with on a, on like a real connection, whether that be friends, relationship, family, I shouldn't have to turn it on. I should be able to show up as just me. Yeah. That's a, that's your village. Right. 
those are like when people go, Oh no, you know, I have a big circle, but like I would die for all of them. It's like, no, genuinely when you're like you said, if you're with those people and you know, and they know neither of us have to turn it on or put on a face, you could just come to my house and, and go lay on my couch or lay in my bed and watch me do my thing. And if you liven up eventually, cool. But if you just lay there, cool. Like that, that's my village. And that's why my circle's so small. <laughs> and I think, I think we need to, at we as, you know, generally people, we need to understand that that's, that's what's real. That's what makes you, that's what gets you through life. That's what gets you, you know, through your days that you don't want to do anything. Like that's the real stuff. I, oh yeah. The social media aspect of it, of relationships, oh. like my favorite is, and I sound like I'm being a dick and I probably am. My favorite is the couples that have to document every step of their relationship on social media. Like, you like this could be an episode. Like I'm making a note to make this an episode. Right yes, now. do it because <laughs> I laugh at it. I know somebody personally that makes me laugh. Um, and look, some people do that and they might gen- and they may genuinely be happy. Cool. That's okay. Do you, but I know for a fact that most of the people that do that probably aren't happy and they're genuinely just trying to show the world that they're okay. Oh, I can speak from my, you know, who I was years ago and people I was with a hundred percent. I played that game of, I was miserable in those relationships, but social media saw it as, wow, you know, they're posting all these cute things and, you know, Woman Crush Wednesday, Man Candy Monday, like oh my God. it's our one month anniversary, our four month, our but you know everything was documented, every trip, every and especially if you were fighting, those makeup posts were the most brutal. Oh. Like I cringe thinking of myself being a part of that, and I sound like a dick too now for being like, well, I don't anymore. So people that do suck, and that's not how I want to come off. No, no, no. It is very sadly entertaining for me to to see those posts now once you're out of it you know you're outside of anything you've experienced it's so easy to point at it and be like oh I see what they're doing there that post they just had a blow-up fight for sure you already know you are and that's with anything you know I can call it a narcissist within like seconds I'm like boom already got you pegged like once you're out of certain situations that you used to be in the trenches with you're like you like you can't bullshit me like how dumb do you think I am like I see through that and you know you got your best friends on there like oh you guys are so cute when's the ring when are the babies and it's like you guys know he was like kicking indoors last night like get real right Right. you do know like he just cheated on her like (laughs) like he's literally been having and that's the thing too especially when I know people like I see somebody who posts a picture of like her man or whatever and I'm like, bro, like you, you collect engagement rings like you're Thanos. Okay. So <laughs> I think that we all know how this happened. Like that's you know? funny. Cause I, I think I posted three different promise rings with the same person on the oh, same social media account. <laughs> all right. Hey guys, well. <laughs> check it. This one's even bigger. Cause he cheated even more (laughs) right this was a double cheat and that's it too or 
my other personal favorite, it's like, and I, I'm probably sure this happened with me um, inadvertently, although I wasn't on Facebook really that much. My Facebook, like besides my, for my podcast, my personal Facebook page, because that app just sucks, is really just for me and my kid, for my family that live out of town. That's really what it's for. Like another avenue for me to, because I've got some people that literally go to Facebook on my personal page. They're they're older, older family. They don't want to find me on Spotify. So they just click that. So I'm like, okay. Otherwise, I could care less. My business is That's funny because I got rid of mine and I've had that feedback. But Facebook's where I got your updates for the show and things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and Facebook did us dirty too, because I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you had your podcast then. Facebook used to, the minute you could connect your, your Facebook to your, you know, your podcast, when you posted your podcast, they, the episode went on Facebook and they could listen to it via Facebook, like the whole show without clicking a link. Yeah. And then Zuckerberg and all his glory came out and said, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore because they wanted to convert everybody to do original content on Facebook and original content via reels and via live and all that yes. crap. So anyway, but um, when I was going through my divorce, I didn't put that out there. Nobody knew. Like, yeah. that's just not me. But my wife at the time changed her picture to just her. Mm-hmm. And I had always had my picture with just me or me and, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so I didn't notice anything. But it's funny when you go on social media and you see a couple and you know that they might be having issues. But then all of a sudden their pictures are just of the kids or yep. and you're like, oh, I see what happened here. I, <laughs> I kind of enjoy the snapping moment where you can tell they've been putting on a face and they've yes. been trying to like counter things. And then someone took it a step too far and you just happen to see it unfold before they go and delete it later. But all of a sudden the screenshots come out. They're right. posting screenshots. of <laughs> This is who he really is. And they're <laughs> posting videos and everyone's like, what? And the shit just explodes. And then, you know, once they do damage control, they, they go back and they delete it. Hey guys, it was just a bad day. And you're like, oh girl, we saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad day. Okay. That's <laughs> a that's, bad life. You need yeah. to leave. <laughs> you need to leave now. Well, and you know what? It blows my mind too. When did it become okay to sit here and just throw out all your dirty, all your dirty stuff on social media? I understand that for some people it's a journal or some people it's it's almost a form of therapy. I get that. But when you have kids and forget even kids, I I hate to keep saying that, but that's like a big thing. Mm -hmm. When you have kids, you are literally bashing their parents. Okay. So essentially if, you know, the man cheats, the woman cheats and forget cheating, maybe they're just blowing up at each other and the marriage isn't working. Mm -hmm. You're out there posting that on social media. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Your kids are going to see that one day and see what you said about their mom or dad. And essentially you're calling them kids, you're calling the kids assholes. Yeah. Because (laughs) I don't understand why people do that. Why people think that it's okay to just, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take this screenshot of this text message and I'm going to put it on social media and just destroy this guy or girl 
or whoever you know i it's i mean i don't understand any of that really when positive or negative just like that constant urge or need or if it's a validation thing to have that out there for the world to see and I've been guilty of that at different points in my life with posting different things for attention whether it was in college or when I was really going through it you know you know in high school or whenever like I've I've been that bitch (laughs) but that's why I can speak to it more I think freely and I can come from a place of look I've been there and I'm telling you now that I'm out of it like it's not a good look and people aren't as dumb as you think they are People can see through things and people aren't actually commenting most of the time to be supportive. They're kind of trolling that page because they know this one's a hot topic, guys. Like she's always got the shit going on or this couple's always posting the most heinous updates. Like people typically follow it like it's a, you know, a train wreck they can't look away from. Look, you know, you're not getting good, you know, good attention. (laughs) If we didn't like that stuff, there would be no shows like TMZ. You know, there'd be no, you know, I mean, the reality is it's, we're disgusting human beings and we want to see it. We want to see a mess. I mean, we're happy. (laughs) Like, like when people are happy and they're living their life and doing their thing, you genuinely don't hear about it. And that's like, it's cool to hear somebody like, Hey, I just graduated. Like, and you're excited and you want to tell somebody, heck yeah, dude, like props. But for the most part, if somebody's in a relationship or I don't know, whatever, and they're doing good. You don't need an update every day on Facebook. Like, I love my husband. I love my wife. I love my girlfriend. You don't need that. You don't have yeah. to say it. You know, you can just, it just do it. Is. You know, it just exists. You don't have it to exists. say it. <laughs> exactly. But if you're a, a dumpster fire, I kind of want to see it. I, oh, I look, yeah. I'm, I'm not a good person. I kind of want to watch. I'm sorry. No, I'm like, I'm kind of <laughs> here for that. Or like, I love when someone's like getting canceled. And I'm like, yes, why? And like right? the deep dark web steps up and they're like, you thought you deleted your past, but we have it right here in this folder. And you're like, open it, open it, release exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, let it go. Let's put it everywhere right like, now. I'm already pouring myself a drink. Let's get into it. <laughs> like, I got to be honest with you. If somebody came up to me and said, Brandon, remember this? I'd be like, no, I don't. Let's open this folder. <laughs> Let's find out what I did 10 years ago. Cause I don't remember, you know, like, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I mean, what do you love? I mean, I don't know, but it's, it's hard. Friendships, relationships are hard. But as we wrap this up, the simplicity of it, the simpl- to me, it's only hard because we make it hard. Yep. We're all different. We're all totally different people. But the basic relationship, whether that's a friendship, uh, what other, any other type of relationship, is pretty simple. I think we just want people to understand or try to at least understand who we are. Mm-hmm. as we try to understand them and navigate together and realize that it doesn't matter how much you care about somebody, respect somebody, love somebody, you still need time by yourself. And time by yourself doesn't mean you don't love the other person. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, it's just, just be honest. And like, I don't think that, I think that's it. I think if you do those things, yeah. you're on your way to like a pretty good friendship. Communicate. And really- be honest and actively listen because we're egocentric at heart. That's true. <laughs> Just That's listen true. to the other people around you. And I think you'd be amazed right. <laughs> how much better your relationships are going to get. Yeah. And also own up to your crap. Oh yeah. Now I talk about 
my shit all the time. Yeah. I've <laughs> look, I I had a time in my life where I had a hard time owning up to crap. I'll admit that. Uh the first 25 years of my life. Yeah, maybe the first, yeah, I think it was uh the first 30 for me, but we're there. You yeah. know? Um yeah, now I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. definitely I definitely did that. And, you know? Those <laughs> Those are people's favorite episodes I have is when I talk about the dumpster fire stuff you know the things that happened to me or the things that i did and when i was a shittier person you know of people enjoy that maybe it's relatable maybe they just love watching the train wreck or hearing about it but you know, well, i, I also think it's real years i think it's real i think you know you i don't know how many pot like who you listen to or if you listen to other podcasts or what but i like to check out a bunch of podcasts and a lot of times i see people that are it feels like they're putting on a show. Like they feel like they have to be this character mm-hmm. on a podcast. And maybe that's just them and maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel sincere to me. Yeah. It doesn't feel real. So I think when people find something that's real, whether it's good, whether it's bad, they're like, Oh yeah. heck yeah. I like this. I like this episode. I you know? think that's like the biggest compliment I've gotten. And I've gotten it from multiple people that have never met each other, but they've said, when I listen to your show, I feel like, you're sitting in my kitchen and we're just having a conversation. It's always like the kitchen, you know, like I'm cooking or I'm doing dishes and I have you on and I just feel like you're there. And I forget you're coming out of my like Alexa. (laughs) Right. I know I had a guy one time. He, uh, I, I met him once and then I, we, we had to exchange numbers. He was, uh, it was like a, a rep for something. I don't know. But it was one of those numbers where, like, you had to exchange it for the time. And then once you're done, like, you're never going to use it again, you know? Mm-hmm. So I deleted it because I don't want to have random phone numbers in my phone. And I got a text. And he's like, dude, you have a podcast? And it's just this number. And I'm like, yeah, who, who, who are you? You <laughs> <And> know? <laughs> right. I don't know what's happening. And uh, I go, yeah, I do. And he's like, I was just scrolling TikTok. And I heard your voice. And I was like, dude, that's Brandon. And I clicked on the link and you got a podcast. You never told me. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) we're not friends, you know? Um, (laughs) And he goes, the coolest thing ever is that I listen to your podcast and I know your voice like from anywhere, but he's like, I love the fact that it's just a conversation. It's not a it's not a radio gig where you're like on today's show, we're going to do this, this, and this. He's like, I love just the conversation. And I, and it was cool. I was stoked. I was like, that's awesome. Um, But I think that's what people look for. They want normalcy. They want real people talking about real stuff. We can listen to Joe Rogan or 10,000 other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Armchair expert. They've got like all the, you know, big names on there. Yeah. Meanwhile, I got the local. Yeah. We'll never get Meanwhile, I got the local barista because she makes a badass cappuccino. Right. You know, like like a sick story. Right. And she does like that. It's one of my guests actually coming (laughs) up because like I go there all the time and we just start talking. She's got a bomb story and she we're just going to drink cappuccinos. But um, yeah, it's cool. So I I think that's what's important. But I also think that's what goes back to relationships and friendships being real. Just be Mm -hmm. real. Be a, a, just genuinely yourself, like being Absolutely. a human being, living the human experience, not glamorizing it, not on a pedestal, not creating 
some image and, you know, people front, they project, they feel like they're keeping up with everyone else and just like, not enough. Like no one else is you. You can't be anyone else. You're the only person that has to live with you every day for the rest of your life. Make it like a good experience. And if people are going to be along for the ride, sweet. If not, cool. But like, just be okay with like, you know, being with you. <laughs> like that relationship matters too. Like the one with yourself. It's it not the most important. <laughs> it probably is the most important one. It's also the most complicated one. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, so a lot of self-awareness. <laughs> a lot of self-awareness. Well, I know you're busy. I'm busy. We're going to get rolling. But you know what? Oh, here's what I did. I didn't do this. How do I say your last name before I screw it up? <laughs> Elson Peter. Okay. So just like I said it. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did the little bit in the, in the beginning and I was like, Cool. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how I say it. Then I'm like second guessing myself the whole way through. Yeah, She's going to be like, way to go, Brandon. You're an idiot. People botch it. They go L Zen Peter. They think it's like two words hyphenated. It's not just exactly how it looks. L Zen Peter. And that's how I said it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ask her. Well, there you go, guys. Well, all right, Jesse. Awesome. Love having you on. I love you. I'm going back and listening to your episodes, by the way. I, it's, I decided to, like I was picking and choosing yeah, but I don't want to do that. I'm going back to the beginning. I'm going all oh, the way back. Oh God, God. Yeah. I, so I don't really listen to my episodes. I literally record and I just put it right on there. So whether the sound quality has been tweaked substantially, the content has completely shifted. Season two, it's been a ride. But I don't even know what it looks like, you know, from from beginning to end. And even with your episodes, I've been listening to your episodes on this podcast and then batting back and forth between trash talk and then watching reels. And I'm like, maybe I'll do the same thing. Just I'll go back and just start from the beginning. <laughs> it's a, it's a mess. Um, well, you know, yeah, it is kind of a mess. There's some episodes and I'm sure you'll like with you, like, you know, you record an episode and then you're done. You post it, whatever you do. And you're like, that came out good. You, you know, it's not, not like mm -hmm. you're being cocky or just like, that was a good show. Yeah. Then there's, then there's other episodes like that I've done where I've been like, yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Like I'm like, that. do I want to put that out in the world? And then I do. Cause I'm like, well, it might touch someone, but I'm embarrassed. <laughs> right. And you know, what's crazy is some of the episodes I think that are really going to take off that are really good. They do. Okay. It's yeah. the one, it's the ones that I don't like that are just, everybody likes it. Oh my gosh. It drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, really? Because, like, people that know me will say, I'm going to listen to your show. And I'm like, eh, I don't know that, like, people that know me well, you know, like, my boyfriend, for example, need to listen because I'm right in front of you. We can just live it out in real life. You don't need to get to know me over my podcast. Um, but I think about the embarrassing episodes or the ones I don't think that did well. And I'm like, oh, that's so, ugh. And people close to me or people I don't know will come back and say like, oh, that was the best you've done. Or that was my favorite episode. And I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? That one, the one that I was going to delete, because even though I didn't listen, I know it was a flop. And people are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. I'm like, I've, okay. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I like literally, and I can think of, of several in particular, but. And I'm like, how did I get the most feedback from this? The most downloads, the most. And I'm like, yeah. this episode suck. Like, 
the mic I was using was like my ghetto mic from right. when I, you know, I sound I'm like, I'm like out in the shop recording on my MacBook. You can hear like the skidster going in my neighbor's yard. I'm like crying. I'm telling like stories from all over the place. Like it, it'll literally be the worst sound quality. It'll, I just think like the quality is bad. The content's bad. I throw it out there and people are like, hell yeah. And I'm like, really? Cause like I have a new mic now and I think my content shifting has been kind of a good change. And I don't want to say the feedback isn't as good. It just hasn't lit up like it did when I was like on shitty equipment crying about, you know, issues with my parents and stuff in my life. People right. are like, yeah, tell us they're more. Like, they're like, we then want to hear more say? drama. <laughs> I know I had a, a really good, I used to go, uh, my buddy is like a sound engineer. He's like, he's amazing. He does so much stuff. He works for Fox News. Um which he, he, it's funny because he used to work for CNN. So there you go. <laughs> but he's behind the scenes. He's like, I don't care about any of them. He's like, they all suck. But Fox pays me better. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so he does all the like editing and crap. And so he's got like a studio studio. And I would go there and record in the studio. Like I'm some big wig dude. And um, in my, you know, 25 year old hoodie. And I'm over there. And it was great. Like, it was perfect. The sounding, the sound, and amazing. And we did this for several episodes. And they were good topics. And they got positive reviews. But nothing. Nothing in comparison to my lapel mic sitting in a closet. Yeah. Isn't that... Because <laughs> well, I did a podcast with my brother-in-law a few years back. And he worked with Sony. Again, he... He's got a wild story. If, if you ever had the chance to go back and listen to Dissecting Breadcrumbs, you would see he's a British man, super funny, very, he's traveled the world. He has so many different talents. It's just wild. But his studio at, you know, my sister's house, they're married now. And they, they have this studio with like a soundboard the size of like a full-size bed. I love that. And mics that are like, so much money it would blow your mind where I would sit in there and it felt like I was in another world putting right. on my headphones they had like even their lighting and their music and the way he was able to produce I'm like there's no way I could ever podcast on my own I don't have tens of thousands of dollars lying around to do this like how how did you create this space and how do you understand how to edit and record it, it would give me such anxiety because I'm like, is it recording? Are you sure we didn't lose it? Like, how do you know? There's so many. And he's like, just relax. Like, I know what I'm doing. So when I told him I was finally doing my own podcast, I'm like, I, I got a MacBook. I'm going to get sound equipment. He was kind of like, Godspeed. Like, because he knows. He's like, bless your heart. But like, I don't know how to function on the internet. And I don't know how to use any equipment or do anything like this. So my quality has always been much worse, but again, the feedback has been great. So I'm like, the fuck, <laughs> I guess I will stay in my little nook in the guest room in this little corner with my cheap equipment and we'll just kind of ride this for as long as we can. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's just it. And it's a lot of itself. I mean, I learned, I knew some of it from back in the, back in the day, cause it's probably been podcasting for I'll toss around five, six years, maybe give or take. I don't oh. know. Um, not my own, but on other people's, I worked for a, 
a local publication that had a podcast and I did that all the time. So I kind of picked up stuff between that and then my brief short stint when I would DJ and that's how I got into like the bar scene and the clubs. I learned from about the mixing and editing, but I am by no means a Mr. Professional at all. Um, and I can't afford what I really want. So, you know, I just each year or each couple months, maybe I'll upgrade a little, like, I made my ghetto studio in the bathroom, or not bathroom, in the bedroom. Um, I used to record in a walk-in closet, and I put eggshells up to help with the sound. In the walk-in closet. I had like a little Th- That's chair. what I'm in right now. It's a yeah. walk-in closet. I just call it a nook. Yeah, and it works out fine. I've recorded in the bathtub. Oh, not, yeah. not while I was taking a bath, but... But the sound in there is... The sound nice. in there. So now, finally, when we moved... I had a spot in my bedroom and I carved out this corner and I've got these eggshells on the wall. I've got a desk and it, and it works. It's nice, you know, but I'm like, what I really want is another Um, bedroom. (laughs) I want, yeah. So I was up in our bedroom. I carved out a space. I think a week ago, I started the process of using the walk-in closet in the guest room. And Sam's like, yeah, absolutely. Because it was his clothes, like his clothes were in here. So we shifted it all out and I have a long ways to go with what I want this nook to be, but I'm like having this space already is so much cooler and it, it's not much, you know, I'm literally sitting in like a tiny little closet with like the bare minimum, but I don't think I need much more than that at this point. Like I don't need a glamorous studio or like yeah. better equipment. I'm like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> need a I'm not going to pretend to be much, you know, higher on pay scale. This is kind of what my life can afford. No, same, same. I just recently upgraded stuff and I'm like, okay, that's it for a while, a long <laughs> while, and you're just going to have to make do with it. My biggest problem with podcasting is I like to get up and move around. Yep. And I talk with my hands all the time. So yeah. it, inevitably I'm knocking something over, but, um, yeah, you just got to keep doing, you're on. So this is season two for you. Yep. And episode, I'll just be honest with you. I don't know the number. Are you at your hundredth episode yet? No, I want to say I'm 80 something. Yeah. It's gotta be like the seventies. Cause I haven't even hit a year yet with this podcast. That's what I, I, think okay. I, I started in the summer last year, maybe May or June. So okay. You know, I've been doing it maybe eight, nine months. And I want to say I'm between late 60s, early 70s for episodes. Okay. Okay. Well, you have, you've made it longer than most. Most people bail after like, because most people go, oh, I got a great podcast idea. It's pretty funny. It's, you know, let's just record. And then they don't realize that if you don't actually promote it, um, and actually do something, people won't find it, you know? Yeah. And, and then they just quit. So, I mean, I always tell everybody, if you've got a podcast idea and you think it's good, record 10 episodes right off the bat, but don't, mm-hmm. don't publish them. And if you got 10 episodes and that's quality, then see if you got five more, because if you don't have 10 episodes, you're done. In yeah. the water. You're done in the water. Already. Yeah. Especially if it's a very niche thing. Like we're going to drink wine and talk about true crime. You better have a lot of true crime in your back pocket that you're ready to sit down and talk about. And you better talk about some stuff that isn't on 500 other podcasts. Exactly. 
Like yeah. you have to find something that's sustainable you could do for a long time. And like, that isn't going to bore people. Cause it's like, well, I've heard this, this has been done, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a tough market out there. There's a, there's a sea of podcasts. Um, the great thing is though, I think nowadays people are more into podcasts. Really. We can thank COVID for that. In my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I was listening to podcasts before COVID and I did some before COVID, but COVID really changed people's perception on entertainment and what they like and, and all that. And they figure radio sucks. So let's just find some podcasts and they get oh, yeah. connected. And I think you get more of a connection through a podcast and people like that. So I agree. But um, all right. Well, you do episodes every, do you do them every week? Yeah, I try to, I don't That's put I a lot of pressure on it. I think it's like, sometimes I'll do two a week, sometimes one. It's loose. Okay. <laughs> But typically speaking, I mean, they know that because you just dropped an episode recently. I did. It was a 90s episode. Yeah, the nice. 90s kids, which I pulled out of my butt. I just meant to brush on it and then it turned into the whole episode. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm going to listen to that. I'm stoked to that. I, but I, <laughs> but again, like I said, I want to go back to the beginning. So I'm, I'm struggling. Like, do I listen to the most recent one or do, <laughs> do I, I work go, backwards? Right. And at first I was bouncing around just to get like a nice little sampling. Mm -hmm. Like, Ooh, this sounds fun. Now I'm yeah. like, ah, I want to go back. I did this with a, a couple other podcasts that I, guys I met, I would listen to their most recent. I'm like, Nope, starting over. Yep. And it's cool <laughs> to see the journey. You know, it's cool to see like, the very first, whether that be the journey in sound and production or, yep. you know, the comfort zone. So I like that. It's so. like an album. So now I'm going to go back and listen to yours because you kind of can respect it when you are a podcaster. Like, I don't really have to tell you. I can just, if I go back and listen, I know it is going to be a journey. There's going to be a big difference from yeah. episode one, season one to where you're at now. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. I like, I like doing that with people. So, well, thank you for getting up super early today <laughs> you started my day now i can get a lot out of this saturday yeah there you go i know i still have like i have a huge day my day's gonna end around nine tonight i think oh i know i know it sucks i gotta go to work actually see i, I, I don't just make millions of dollars doing this god <laughs> i feel that i feel that <laughs> i know well guys you can uh jesse's gonna be back on trash talk we haven't quite worked out win yet but she's going to be on trash talking with a whole different vibe um same vibe but totally different show i guess um because <laughs> stewart will be on there and stewart's a uh, he's wild um i love stewart man he's been such a huge supporter of mine for years so being able to be on trash talk with him has been super fun um and it's low-key it's really it's a lot different than what i do but it's still the same Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Wait. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. So we're going to work that out. I'm very excited. I'm sure you're going to be back on here at some point. Oh, um, I would love that. Yeah, I got like a whole list of topics still that I'd be down to hit. And that's just with relationships and friendships. <laughs> I know there was things that I had in my head that I wanted to go to. And I'm like, ah, we'll just save I, I got to save that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just do that again. So okay. all right. Well, thank you so much. And guys, thank you for supporting, listening. Uh, I already said all the links and stuff ahead of time. So don't make me repeat it. But you guys <laughs> can check that out. And I will also post all of her links to her shows and everything. So you can find her link tree. Um, so you guys can go ahead and check out her stuff available anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, all the good stuff. Jesse, you have a good day. Yeah, you as well. All right, we'll talk soon.
Mm-hmm. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. You know, wow, great episode last week. Man, I really, I really was super happy. It's so nice to find people that you vibe with, like for real. Like it, it, it restores my faith in meeting people as friends and human beings and all that. Having Jesse on from I Have the Talking Stick, I knew it was going to be fun because I appreciated her podcast. I appreciated her outlook on things. And I just didn't know. You know, I didn't know how it was going to be once we did the podcast. But the vibe was there. And I and I love it. And I'm looking forward to having her on. We're actually working on something now. Uh, she will be on Trash Talk, the other show I do with Stuart Sachs. She will be on that soon. But I've got another idea, and I'm going to reach out to her and discuss some ideas with her and, and see how she feels about it. So, um, like I said, the show is ever-evolving, and if you don't evolve, then you just become stagnant, boring, and nobody listens to you anymore. And look, I can talk all day, but it's nice to have people listen. So, big shout-out again to her. Don't forget to check out her podcast, I Have the Talking Stick. You can go ahead and find that on Spotify. Uh, she is on TikTok as well as Instagram, or you can just go ahead and go on over to the life of an average Joe com, And I have all the links there in her guest profile there where you can enjoy what she has to say. This week's going to be different. This week's back to me. And, you know, it's, it's from a perspective of a parent, but let's not forget. I wasn't always a parent. Okay. I mean, that would be weird, right? I wasn't always a parent. And I know people have heard this. And so if you have kids, you'll understand. If you, if you don't have kids, you'll still understand because this, this pertains to you as well. If, if you're planning on having kids, then, you know, whatever. Listen, either way, I think we can all learn something from this. But obviously, as, you know, like as we change in life, our perspective and our view and opinions and, and the way we handle things change, or they should. I mean, if they don't change, if I am still handling things and dealing with things that I, how I dealt with 20, 25 years ago, I have a problem. And look, I still, I'm going to tell you right now, I still run into brick walls with the way I handle things sometimes. I know how I need to handle it. And it's like, because I have done something so long, so many times, a certain way, that I end up the, the comfort zone, even though it's going to be uncomfortable, the outcome, I still handle it that way. It is a big struggle. It's a reprogramming almost. And I've come a long way, but I have so much more to go. And you realize that when it affects other people around you. And you realize that even more when it affects your children. Like you're like, whoa, if I do this, this is not going to affect my children or child or whatever the way it should, I better not do that, you know? So you just, you change. I mean, inevitably you have this different view. And I was thinking about parents in general and society and, and it really, it started. So I'm going to take it back. Okay. Recently I went to the library with my son. Now we've always gone to the library. You know, we have a very nice library by us that we can walk to. And it is very nice 
from different events that they do, from the, the books, everything. It's just a very nice library. Well, recently they had announced that they were building a new library because the city has grown, obviously, and it really has so much that they need to take over the city itself, like City Works, the government needs to take over this building and we need a new library, right? And it was going to be a little bit further. Now, still technically speaking, I could walk to it. It's not as convenient, but I could and we might. But if I have to drive, it's pretty easy to get to. No big deal. But in the meantime, like the library had been closed down. Now, they kept it open for a while, as long as they could until it was time to start moving stuff over to the new library and all that. And they closed it. So my son and I hadn't gone to the library in a while. We hadn't gotten any books. Now, he's got books for Christmas and, and you know, we go back and we reread some of the same books and, and all that. But he hadn't had any books. We hadn't gone to the library. It, it became a while. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't think we went to the library since December. That's middle of March right now, right? That's a long time for as much as we read and as much as we go to the library. Well, they just, a little while ago, recently, did the ribbon cutting on the library. And I had, from what the few pictures and Instagram and TikToks that I had seen of the library, it's pretty impressive. More impressive than the other one. And the other one was pretty impressive. So we just recently went. Walking up, it feels like you are in a much larger city than, than I really am. And I am in a big city. I mean, is Frisco as big as Dallas? No. But it's big. I mean, Google Frisco, Texas, if you guys are listening from out of state, out of the country and whatever, and just see. I mean, home of the Dallas Cowboys. I know that sounds funny, right? But their headquarters and practice field is here. Home of FC Dallas, you know, Toyota Stadium, the Rough Riders, you know, um, you know soon to be home of Universal Studios, Texas, the uh, a sub park of Universal Studios. It's massive things going on in Frisco. Massive. I mean, we're just in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a month, we're going to have the Country Music Awards down the street. It's a big place. So, I mean, it's, it is definitely huge, up and coming all that, but it's walking up to the library. It looked like it should be in Chicago, New York, or Pennsylvania, or whatever, Philly, you know what I mean? Very cool, very modern, but cool. And I knew it was going to be semi-crowded because some of the schools were on spring break and it's new, right? So what are all the moms going to do? Gather up their little rugrats and go to the library. And Luke was stoked, he even said, well, I really like the other library. I'm like, let's check this out. We got in and it's just as modern and advanced looking and up to date and 2023 as I could have imagined. It did not feel like I was in Frisco, Texas. And we go in and we go into the first floor and there's huge... You know, checkouts, you don't got to deal with the librarian. You literally just scan your card, scan the books, and you dip. You know, um, lounge areas everywhere, reading areas, computers. And the first floor is essentially kids, toddlers, teenagers, whatever. 
preteens, all that. You go to the second floor, it is more of the traditional quiet. They have study rooms, computer labs, balconies that you can sit outside. I mean, I didn't even get to explore the entire library because we spent quite some time, hours on the first floor. Looking at books, they have a play area, whole play area on the inside, which Luke went to. But then they have another area that's more hands-on, interactive, like science. So we went and looked under the microscopes and checked out all these different, you know, cells. And then they had this like Lego pit where you could put together cars, build your own cars or just build whatever you want. But it was essentially there to build cars. And then next to it, they had a track four lanes and you could race your cars with people and it would it would tell you the speed and who won like very cool stuff it had all these puzzles it had these robots that were operated by ipads that you had to control with the ipad in this arena to move forward or spin or go backwards like dude very entertaining we spent a ton of time there before we even looked at books and then they had the computers for the kids that they could use and this was the first time my son's five. And I asked him if he had used a computer in school and they've used tablets, but he hadn't used like a computer with a mouse. He's aware of them, but he, you know, obviously I have one, but he's not, he's never used one. He's used a fake one I got for Christmas that wasn't fake. I shouldn't say that. It had like the keyboard and it had things that he could do on there and it got him in the motion of learning the computers but not a true computer here was a true computer with games and spelling and and he got to use it and i tell you what it was amazing a little frustrating at first for him they were also touchscreen but then he picked up so fast and for me to sit there and watch him pick up these computers so fast it was cool and to see his enthusiasm learning the computer and not only that learning applying what he learned at school to the computer from spelling and math like it was very cool i was from a dad point of view like fun and proud and then we checked out six books right oh and by the way there's a giant skeleton uh fossilized tyrannosaurus rex in the middle of this library it's crazy i could go on about this podcast could be about what this library was. But that's not the point. Now, he's a toddler. He's having fun. He's excited. It's not a quiet library. It's okay. But he's not screaming. But as we're playing the computer, this girl comes up to the computer next to him, and he's like, hi. And she's like, hi. And I'm like, that's cool. Entertain each other. But I'm next to him, and he's in the middle of using it. Now, mind you... He had just gotten on it. It wasn't like he had been on it for hours. It wasn't like that he was hogging it. And there was a lot of computers, but, you know, patience, wait your turn. And he had to. He had to wait his turn. But he was on it, right? This girl starts pushing the touchscreen. And he's building something. It was like a a game where he had to build an amusement park. So he's putting his pieces there. She's changing the color and then moving stuff. And I was like, hey, honey. I said, it's his turn now. I said, he'll be off soon and then you can do it. Let him do that, please. Because I'm like, that's rude. And Luke is being very nice and he's like, okay, what's going on? Probably a lot nicer than I am and that's okay. And she's like, I'm just doing it. And I go, I know, but it's not your turn yet. Wait your turn. There's a computer about to open. Like, leave the kid alone. 
And the mom's like, oh, you got friends. And she just walks by. She's like, I'm going over here. And she sits down and she gets on her phone. And I'm like, brah. So the girl kept doing it. And I said, please don't touch the computer. It's not your turn. And she just kind of looked at me and backed away. But then Luke's doing it. And then Luke's like, what color do you think I should make it? And he asked her. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, you're asking her. You're including her. You got a kind soul respect but don't be taken advantage of either you know you gotta teach these kids young don't be taken advantage of and she's like oh i'm gonna do this and she starts doing i said no why don't you guys work together if you want her to luke and he's like well i was doing it but and i'm like i was like honey i think it's time for you to go sit over there and wait we'll be done in a minute and she goes to the next computer and she's doing it again to this kid now this kid is like like telling her like, hey, stop. She doesn't stop there. This annoying girl goes to the next computer and starts bugging people. But Luke's zoning out and I'm watching and I'm not going to tell her anymore because it's not my kid that she's messing with, so I don't care. The mom is on her phone just being a typical Frisco mom. Oh my gosh, look at you. You just go around. You're just such a social butterfly. And I'm like, bro, your kid is annoying. Then the girl goes over and this one kid is sitting down in like these big like, it's almost like it looks like a cave, but it's all like a plush area to read. And he's sitting down reading a book. She goes and sits in there and starts like turning the pages of his book. And he's and he gets up and walks away and puts the book down and the girl just leaves. She doesn't even take the book like she just and I'm sitting there thinking to myself. Why do parents think that it's okay that just because, just because this is a fun, exciting library, it's new, and they are this level, this floor that we are on, clearly has things geared towards kids, that that means that you can let your child run everywhere, insane the inmates running the asylum, that you can allow your kid to do whatever they want without zero supervision, and you can just kind of hover in the area to make sure kind of that they don't run outside or go upstairs or get kidnapped or whatever. But essentially, you are just getting away. You are, you are sitting there going, you know what? We're going to go to the library so my kid can run around. It's not a park, mind you. It's brand new. It's literally been open for like a few days. We're going to go let my kid run around and bug all these other kids. And it's okay because I can get on my phone. I can scroll social media and I can have me time because that's what's important. And it wasn't just this one pretentious mother that did it. There were multiple kids running as if they were outside. Look, if we're outside in a park and kids are running insane, As annoying as that can be sometimes and loud, it's expected. They're outside. They're kids. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I really couldn't even get mad at this girl because clearly this is what her mom allows. This is not a behavior that this girl just developed. Yes, all kids can act that way. They're maniacs, right? Let's be real. Kids are essentially like, they're kind of psychopaths. You know, they're kind of narcissistic psychopaths. You know, it's all about like, what can I eat? Do this for me. I'm going to cry if you don't. Love me. 
guilt, like, (laughs) you know, but we as parents teach them. We're supposed to teach them patience. We're supposed to teach them manners and courtesy and respect and what not to do. Clearly, this girl is not taught that. As a matter of fact, she's not disciplined by that. And the mom, or the, the dad too, but let's just blame the mom, is encouraging that. Because the mom should have kept a better eye on her and been like, hey, it's not your turn. Why don't you wait your turn? I'm not mad at the girl for running up and be excited that she's got all these new things to do as she sees a bunch of other kids do the exact same thing, run around and go crazy. I'm not mad at her. She's doing what kids do. But why is it that parents think, you know what? It's totally okay. And it doesn't just happen a lot. And mind you, let me rewind this before I jump to my next thing. There was a lot of kids. These kids were jumping off the stairs, climbing up the, like, to the third stair, and then jumping down. Like, and you've got the people that work there like, hey, be careful. And no, not be careful. We need to tell these kids, hey, please stop jumping. It's not a playground. But you go and do that, and you've got some mom or dad that's like, oh, look, it's, they're just playing, okay? It's a park. It's, it's not a park. It's a freaking library. Yes, it's exciting. They have a giant playroom where, guess what? You can be loud and build things and ride a train. Not in the library. But these parents, literally, I saw two moms. And it's mostly moms. Because why? Because the general way around here, dad's at work, mom's at home. With the kids... She's got to have her mom time and her mom moments. So she's going to get together with the neighbor mom and they're going to take the kids to the library, let the kids run around like freaking Mad Max and the Thunderdome. And they're going to sit down with their little $17 coffee and talk. Oh my God. So can you believe this? Like I had this thing at school and Trisha was such a bee. Meanwhile, her kids are climbing the Tyrannosaurus Rex that they just got there and they're playing Jurassic Park. Like their kid's about to become extinct and the parents are oblivious. What? Luke's not like that, but he would be if I didn't teach him not to be. Matter of fact, he even says things, Dad, these kids are out of hand. Now, I'm not saying that Luke has not run around like a maniac. I've got plenty of times where he goes nuts. And I've had moments where we've been in a restaurant or an airport. And I've been like, bro, whoa, take it down a notch. Because if I didn't do that, he would never learn when and where it's appropriate to do these sort of things. At the park, if you want to run around and scream and act like a maniac and jump off things, I salute you and I want you to do it. Not in a library, not in the airport, and not at a restaurant. But from working in the restaurants for years, and I mean years, parents have gotten worse. They literally get to the point Where because they have kids, we are supposed to bow down, cater to them, accept them, and and completely throw all of our other rules that make us a society out the window because you chose to procreate. 
They don't care if the kids make a mess. Half the time they don't apologize. Half the time they don't even offer to pick it up or try to pick it up. They don't care if the kids are getting out of their seat and going from one table around to the other, playing musical tables, bothering patrons. God forbid you have a patio area and you're sitting on it with the kids and the kids are running around on the patio. They're like, well, it's outside. It's fine. I used to work at this food truck park and we had the sign up that said after nine kids had to leave. Now, the owners didn't strongly enforce it that much. I did. And so did some of the other bartenders there. This place, yes, it was outside. We had live music. We had things geared towards kids. But after nine, it was pretty much turned and the music came on, the live music. Uh, it, it, you know, drink specials. It turned into drinking heavily. Not to say that that wasn't the case during the day, but it was a different vibe. It got rowdy, like it should. You want a bunch of people drinking and, and it's packed and your kids are running around. Now, during the day, yeah, you got some uh, horseshoes or you got, um, you know, different things to play, you know, giant Jenga, things like that. Sure, I get it. But parents would literally bring their kids there at like three, four, five o'clock let them run all over the place, which blows my mind because here we are in a food truck park, essentially a bar. 100 people, 200 people there, in and out, by a main drag, by the main street. I mean, it was fenced off, but still. You got food vendors there, people drinking, and these kids, the parents are sitting way over there with 20 other parents getting drunk. Meanwhile, their kids are sitting in front of the bar, which is like a, almost like a giant like food truck type bar. You know, it's hard to explain, but if you guys have been out or even, you know, remotely have an idea what I'm talking about, you get it. Playing in the rocks in the sand. You know how quick it is for somebody to pick that kid up, walk out the front door, and you're never going to see your child again or do something else or your kid picks up a drink? No cares. And when you said something to the parents, they looked at you. And I got this countless times. Well, it's a park. No, it's not a, tr- it's not a park. Just because it's called a food truck park doesn't mean that we have slides and jungle gyms and rock climbing walls here. This is, we're serving, this is a business. And the lack of respect from these parents, like, ugh. or when we would go around and be like, hey guys, it's, we'd make an announcement. It's about to be nine o'clock. We're going to let the, you know, it's time to get the young ones uh, to bed. Thank you for coming. We'll be back tomorrow. They were blown away when we would slide over you know, have a server come to the table, drop off a tab. Or I'd cash people out and put their tab there. You guys going to get one for last call? Oh, you guys closing? No, but it's 9 o'clock, and I noticed you had little ones. Oh, you're kicking us out? Well, at 9 o'clock we do this because, well, we want to see the live music. Well, you better get a babysitter. I don't know what to tell you. You can't do that. We're in Frisco. This is a family town. Well, actually, I can, and I am, because... 
just because you popped out kids doesn't mean the people that want to have an adult night need to make sacrifices. This is the thing that I don't understand. And mind you, I'm a parent. I don't understand why we can sit here, and I say we as people, can sit here and say, well, I have kids. You need to understand that. You need to understand why they're this way. You need to understand why I have to bring my kid on the airplane, why I have to take him to the restaurant. Okay, we do understand that. But you need to also understand that there's a lot of people that either A, don't have kids, or B, left their kids at home so they could have an adult night and don't want to put up with your kids. I love my son. I spend most of my time hanging out with him. And I enjoy it. So the rare time that either I get to go out or want to go out, I don't want to be around kids. I'm not going to go to Applebee's. Okay, well, first off, I would never go to Applebee's anyway. It's disgusting. But I'm not going to go to Applebee's because that's a family-friendly environment. I'm not going to go to Dave & Buster's. At 6 p.m. on a Saturday, regardless of the bar or whatever, it's a family environment. If I go to a place that says that after 9, it's 21 and up, and it's 9.45, 10 o'clock, and there's a bunch of children going around, guess what? You are losing my business. So if I can understand that, yeah, hey, it's a family restaurant. It's a Saturday afternoon. There's probably going to be kids there, and I choose to go there, that's okay, then I have to accept that. It's the same for the parents that have these kids. You need to accept the fact that some places you can't bring your kids to. You know, that the whole thing about parenting is you make a sacrifice. You chose to have those kids. Whatever the circumstances are, you chose to have them. Therefore, your life is not your life anymore. And you have to work around that. Why are parents continuing to just go around and let their kids do whatever they want in a grocery store. In a beer and wine section, there are literally toddlers running up and down the beer, the wine aisle. You knock over one of those bottles, forget breaking the product, somebody's going to get hurt. I'll say something all day. But how are parents standing there looking for their bottle of wine while their kids playing Ring Around the Rosies in the Cabernet section? And they're just like, do-do-do-do-do. Oh, guys, stop that. Are you kidding me? There would not be a, a second that Luke would get the idea to start running in a grocery store in the wine section. I wouldn't even have to say a word. He could sense the dark side coming out on me. And he'd be like, no, I ain't going to do that. But parents look at you, even if you work there as an employee and say, hey, can you guys be careful, please? I wouldn't want you to get hurt. They look at you like, I can't believe you just tried to be an adult to my child. And this is why we have kids that are dicks. And they grow up and they turn into those parents that are sitting down while their kids running back and forth in traffic going, oh, my God, you're so funny. And it's a cycle. And I swear to God, it's getting worse. I swear it's getting worse. I I am baffled by it. 
And it makes people that don't have kids look at people that have kids like, oh, God. Dude, my dude is a G on the airplane. Always has been. Even since he was a little baby. And he got a little uncomfortable at one time. And didn't really cry. Just wanted to move around a lot. So he was bouncing from seat to seat. At the time I was married and we had the whole row. So it didn't matter. But this kid has flown everywhere. And he's a G. He might get lippy with me or cranky with me sometimes. But people don't hear from him. He doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't kick the back of the seat. He acts how he's supposed to act. Even when he's exhausted on a trip and cranky and is giving people the death stare, he's just trying to get through it. Restaurants, like I said, sometimes he's lippy with me at a restaurant, but the whole restaurant doesn't have an issue with him. My waiter doesn't have an issue with him. He is, he's taught. We just went to the Star. That's where the Dallas Cowboys headquarters, you know, their headquarters and their practice field is. And they've got this area outside. It's almost like it's fake. It's AstroTurf. It's like a football field leading up to the Star. And then we just went there to hang out. We needed to get out of the house, got some ice cream, and then went there. He's running around back and forth. Why? Because everybody else was, were outside, and they had like a little festival going on. And that's okay. But you better believe it. If we went inside a store or a shop or something, his whole demeanor changes. I'm not saying he doesn't get excited or whatever, but he's there. And I see kids that are like grabbing things, opening and closing doors to bathrooms. And the parents are oblivious. And they're not even oblivious. They don't care. Like, having a kid doesn't give you the right to be a douchebag. It doesn't give you the right to sit there and just throw it out the window and say, you know what, I have a kid and I just need this moment. You know, kids are kids. No. Kids are kids, but parents should be parents. It's your job. I'm not saying you got to be the Gestapo and correct them. Kids need to have creativity sometimes and explore. They do. You don't have to be like, don't touch that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't got to be a constant like, you know, put them on electro leash and every time they do something, tase them. But there's a line. There's balance. It's, it's you're laying the groundwork and the foundation for how they're going to be as an adult. And if you sit there and you let your dumb little girl touch everybody else's stuff and get involved in everybody else's stuff, she's going to have a really hard time. And the dude that dates her is going to have an even harder time. Because she's going to be annoying and demanding. And I see it all the time. I see it with dads. I'm picking on the women because that's what I dealt with during the day at the library. But I see it with the dads. They're sitting there having a beer, beer gut down to their freaking down to their toes. Kids running around. They're at some like outside venue. All right, man, what are you doing? They're talking to their their fat neighbor and the kids like running five miles away, literally being rude, knock some little baby down. Hey, you got to be careful, man. So anyway, let me drink this crappy bud light you know like that's they're just there no respect man zero it's all about them i saw it at the water park 
I watched a kid because I had no idea where the mom was. And this little kid was about to dive in a pool that she should not have even been around. Luckily, the lifeguards were there too. And he kind of like walked by her and touched her, like to push her back. And then I stayed and the lifeguard stayed too. Meanwhile, the mom's over there at a table with another mom drinking her sparkling overpriced water, talking about probably her pet, her fourth pedicure for the week. Grocery stores. And it blows my mind because it's not even about a respect thing and teaching kids. It's a safety thing. Look, just the other day, I saw this news article. I actually news story. And it made me freaked out. It was at a Walmart. Shocker. Mom had her daughter. I'm going to say her daughter was four or five. Maybe. Okay. I, I don't remember. But had her daughter in the front of the shopping cart like most parents do. She was, the shopping cart was in front of her. Her mom leaned down to grab cheese, deli meat, whatever. A guy walked by, grabbed the daughter out of the cart and turned around to go down the aisle. And the mom turned and was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? The guy grabbed the daughter and was walking away from the mom. Pull the knife out. Meanwhile, there just happens to be a police officer that was at that Walmart full, you know, not undercover, not off duty, full whatever, buying food, whatever. And then, of course, the mall, the the Walmart security guards who are worthless. We're talking to the guy. The guy was getting very agitated. And the police officer said, hey, why don't we get you a chair to sit down? Got him a chair, sat down. Meanwhile... This guy still has this girl with his knife out. He starts to put the knife closer to the girl's neck and he starts talking about how he's running out of time. Well, the police officer, meanwhile, while the security guard was talking to him, and at this point there's another police officer, police officer walks around to the back of the store and came out, you know, say through the employees where they come out, where the, where the loading dock is, where the warehouse, where room is and all that. The guy starts counting down. The police officer did not take a minute. He walked right up to the guy and blew the dude's brains out. I mean, do you blame him? Now, forget the aftermath and what that's going to mean for the girl and all that. This happened in a matter of seconds. And the mom didn't do anything wrong. But I've been in a grocery store where I have seen a dad... With two kids, maybe five to six years old, four to six, in a shopping cart, park at the end of an aisle, walk halfway down the aisle and start looking for stuff while the kids are in the shopping cart. And the only reason I caught it is because I'm always looking at that stuff. It's a combination of things. I've been that way. I've been a guy that's been aware of my surroundings for a long time. From the exits, the entrances, how many windows we have. I never sit my back to the door. When I have Luke, I watch everything. I watch everybody. He's by my side. Like I, and I, it's part of it's from working the nightclubs and the bars. Part of it's just from being who I am, living where I've lived, all that. So when I walk in a grocery store, 
I'm not just looking out for my people. I'm just keeping an eye on things. And I saw these two sitting there. And I'm like, where's the parents? And I'm looking around. I don't see anybody around them. And so I kind of just start messing around close to where they were. And I see a dad down the aisle. And I'm like, I bet you it's that guy. He's got, he's so far down. I literally could have took that shopping cart fast as I could, gone to my car or grabbed one of the kids, gone in my car and been gone because that aisle wasn't deep into the grocery store. It was pretty close to an exit. Not to mention, what if it was a situation like that happened at Walmart? What if I just wanted to do something wrong? He just left him there, oblivious. Finally, he walked by, got him, and I'm like, okay, and I walked away. But I could tell you story after story. I had a guy tell me to mind my business one time because I saw a kid in a shopping cart for 10 minutes by himself. Finally, and I was talking to this child who was probably five, And I finally said, hey, where's your dad? And he said, I don't know. So I got the kid out of the shopping cart, held his hand, and I said, let's go to the front. And mind you, this was at my work. So I have my employee stuff on, which I know people can whatever. But as I'm walking, I get to the front. The dad finally gets there and is like, what is going on? Why is my son up here? And I said, sir, he didn't know where you were. I didn't know who you know, whose kid this was, but he was in that car for 10 minutes. I left him for a minute because I was looking for something. Now, sir, it was 10 minutes. I, I, I literally have been there for 10 minutes. And I took him up at this time and I was worried, but thank God you're here. He cursed me out. Oh, you just need to mind your business, you know? But, and I'm like, bro, let me tell you something. If we weren't at my place of business, a job that I care about greatly, I would have a lot to say to you right now. If we were in a bar, like back when I was bar, Brandon, we, this conversation would have ended before your mouth even opened, okay? And if I was younger, I might not say anything. I might just handle you and then your dad would have or your kid would have a story about his dad got his butt handed to him. But I couldn't believe it. They, they, I, they were making me to be the bad guy. Now, did I get in trouble at work? No, of course not. I kept my cool. I walked away. The higher-ups dealt with it, and I, was, I did the right thing. I did what I was supposed to do. But in what planet, and when I say 10 minutes, I know sometimes we exaggerate about time. We say, oh, my God, it's been forever, and it's been like one minute because it feels longer. I can tell you right now this was legitimately 10 minutes because I was getting ready to go on break. But in what planet do you just disappear, your child, in a public place with hundreds, if not thousands of people going in and out for a matter of one minute, let alone 10, and then attack somebody who's literally trying to protect your child because you couldn't. And it's an attitude and it's a problem and it's a virus. It is a viral, I guess, I don't want to say a viral way of thinking, but it's a, it's, it's a cultural thing and I don't get it. I don't get it. And you either go from the extreme parents 
that they want to put their kids in a bubble or the parents that just don't give a crap and they want to live their own life because they feel they deserve it. I deserve to live my life. I deserve to have this second mimosa. I deserve to, to have this moment while I'm on FaceTime while my kid's in the library running around and I don't know what she's doing. You don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything. You're not entitled to anything and you don't deserve anything. You, your job is to take care of your kids. Do you, have that, do you have the right to have a good adult time? Absolutely. But it ain't in the library and it sure as heck ain't in the grocery store leaving your child unattended down an aisle. But there's something going on. Like I'm, and I, I can't explain it. I don't know if it's media. I don't know if it's Hollywood or marketing or people telling each other that, oh, you got to take care of yourself. Me time's important. They literally take that to the next level. Me time is important, but not at the expense of your children. Guess what? The world doesn't revolve around you. Period. I hate to break it to you. You are not important. You have a headache. You're tired. You don't want to go grocery shopping. You don't want to deal with your kids today. You should have thought about that before you squirted one out. I'm just saying. Those days happen to me. But I don't pawn my child on the rest of the world. The rest of the world didn't have my child. I did. Well, I, you know what I mean. And in the same sense, people have to understand too... If a parent is trying to do something about their child or is if the child is crying or acting up and the parent's trying to get out of the restaurant to to talk to them or get on the airplane or do something, don't give a dirty look to the parent because sometimes, guess what? You can't calm down a crying baby. It's just a baby. They can't talk. And if I see a mom or dad or whomever trying to do the right thing, then it is what it is. It's, it's just, that's a moment. Now, if I see them trying to calm down a calming baby or, or a crying baby, I should say, at 10 o'clock at night at a bar, I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge hardcore. Flat out, I'm going to judge you because you shouldn't be there. And that baby's crying because that baby needs to go to bed. You wanted to have a drink, you should have put that baby to bed and stayed at home like the rest of us normal people. You, you don't want to stay at home and drink, you shouldn't have had a baby. Get a babysitter. I don't know what to tell you. But there is something wrong, and it's everywhere. It's at the most, even places that are geared towards children beyond libraries, there are still protocols and procedures, and way, and you have to wait your turn, and patience, and manners. Just because you go to Disneyland doesn't mean you get to run around acting like a DB. You still have to be patient and have manners and respectful. And parents are like, oh, we're in Disney. I'm going to get drunk. These kids can run everywhere. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to get wasted so my child can run around an amusement park with hundreds of thousands of people from all across the globe so that I may lose my kid. They don't even care. They don't care but they'll be the first ones crying if something happened to their baby. I don't know what happened. I turned my back for a minute. No, you didn't. You were having your seventh beer over at Epcot in Germany while your kid's riding Dumbo with a stranger. Give me a break. We as parents, we got to be better. 
We got to be better. And people, if you don't have parents, if you don't have kids, you also have to give some understanding and some grace. Don't judge every single parent that walks in. Understand their situation. It's a balance. Because we all are human beings. And we're all here on this planet until the mothership takes us away, which hopefully that's coming any time now. But I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I would never understand it. And it doesn't work for me. It doesn't. And I do a lot of things with my son. A lot. We go everywhere. He is literally my partner in crime. He is my ride or die buddy. We do all kinds of stuff. I mean, from FC Dallas to camping trips to Las Vegas to like grocery stores, amusement parks, like carnivals, like we do things, man. That's just what we do. And he's experienced a lot of that, but he also knows how to act. You want to get lippy with me and you want to be dis- disrespectful to me or have an attitude towards me. That's one thing. It's not cool, but I'll deal with it because I'm a parent. But not we're not acting that this chaos way in public. You're in a bounce house bouncing around at a car or like an event or a birthday party with all your friends bouncing around running. Heck yeah, go to town. I'm never going to tell you to chill. Do it. You're at a park and you're going up and down the slide and chasing your friends around. I'm in. I'm watching you. I'm not just chilling on my phone. I'm watching you, but go ahead. You start running around in a grocery store, in a library, being loud, cutting in front of kids, taking their stuff. Yeah, you'll never go to that library again. So what about you guys? What do you think what what do you think is going on in society? Do you think it is a societal problem? I personally do. I think it's a trend in society and we see it with parents passed on to their kids which then grow up and do the same thing. I also think it has this idea of we deserve. This is a society of me. This is a society of I deserve this and that attitude is given is like Forced to us by marketing, by media, by shows, by movies, by everything. And I, and I think that that becomes a big problem. Like I think, I think that when we sit there and we talk about self-care and me time, we take it to the umpth degree, the umpth level, and we forget that there's a balance. That me time doesn't mean you infringe on everybody else's life and sacrifice what you're there to do. You know, you don't sacrifice something for me time. You might sacrifice something for yourself. I'm not going to pick up my phone today and talk to people because I'm having me time. It's not, I'm going to stay in my room and let my kids run around or I'm going to have me time at the park or at this restaurant and drink my wine while my kids just run around and piss everybody off. That's, that's not what it is, but I think we're fed this. We're fed We must have me time. We must take care of ourselves. We must do this. And I think it's, it's, we're, we're acting like we're owed something. You're not entitled to anything. You're not owed anything. But people think that. People assume that. And it, I think it becomes a massive problem. And I think we see that in parents. And then, of course, there's those parents that just have had kids that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have. I don't know. I'd love to hear from you, though. That's, that's, this week's episode on the Life of an Average Joe podcast.
Go ahead and you can send me an email at the Life of an Average Show podcast at gmail.com if you'd like. If you want to do that, God knows you guys love sending me emails. Or you can go ahead and uh, reach me on all my other social media platforms. Go ahead and go to the Life of an Average Show podcast.com. Come back next week, talk to me about it. But I do want to hear from parents and non parents. Let me know what you can think. I'll be back next week. I believe I've got another special guest, so this should be fun. Uh, i got to check my schedule on my episodes, though. And, uh, man, we're just getting right into summer soon here. So we got some wild stuff coming. But thanks again for everybody for supporting the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Big shout-out to Grotty. Grotty. Wow, I'm tired. Big shout-out to Groggy Dog. You guys are rocking it. Uh, by the way, I will have a T-shirt update. or uh, The T-shirts may actually be live uh, next week on the life of an average Joe podcast.com. And we will get some hats back. The trucker hats should be back. I'm not getting another round of beanies until probably fall. Um, I may bring them back again this summer, but we'll see, but I will have the trucker hats, uh, available and the t-shirts. So until next time, guys, thanks again.